Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to go through the Tuesday, February 27th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, let me be the first to wish you a happy best puck playoff season. Yeah, no, feels feels pretty good to get there. Um, I feel like everyone had the same reaction of like, okay, wait, that starts, oh, well, yeah, no, it starts right now. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that, but uh, it's an exciting six weeks. Uh, I'm excited. I don't know. I, I think both of us came into last week feeling a little bit better than it finished, but we both still come in well above expected. So let's get after it. Yeah. Um, anyone who's interested in the underdog best puck stuff and doesn't lurk the discord or follow me closely on Twitter. I uh, spent a lot of time on both uh, Twitter and the discord going through some of the results and some of my you know, very high level takeaways just from the initial uh, data I was able to pull and sort of go in and manually do myself. So um, there's also a way for you to do it yourself. Um, it requires some power querying in Excel, but I did post a link to that as well. There's a new channel in the Discord called Dog App, hashtag Dog App, um, for just underdog stuff that to try and keep it a bit segregated and maybe stir up more, you know, underdog specific conversation without just sort of, sort of getting lost in the multiple threads of conversation. So I figured it's long overdue. But anyway, not going to spend any more time on that here. There's obviously a whole off season to cover uh, what we learned and, you know, what the takeaways were from the actual fantasy best ball season um, in the NHL. So we're here to talk about the DFS slate. There are 12 games. So DJ, anything else you want to say off the bat before we get into things? No, well, let's get right into it. Um, <clears throat> I'll read through the games. You can make sure that the read is up for when I finish. Um, Buffalo is going to be at Florida. The three win in a row Buffalo Sabres, first time we can say that all year, are plus 185 to the minus 225 Florida Panthers and a six and a half, six and a half over under plus 100. Game number two, Washington on a back-to-back against the fighting Patrick Kane, Detroit Red Wings. I'm guessing if you are listening to the show, you probably saw that he had the game winner against the Chicago Blackhawks. It was actually, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, a bit loser mentality, but if you're the Blackhawks, you can have a loser mentality. Uh, they're minus 180 favorites, the Red Wings, uh, six and a half over under. And like I said, a, a back-to-back for Washington. Arizona without Clayton Keller will go to Montreal. Um, and, uh, you know, a Two bad teams, but Arizona the favorite without Keller right now, minus 120 to the plus 100 Canadians, kind of considering just betting the Canadians right now, but we'll get back to that. 
Uh, six and a half over under on that one. Tampa Bay against the Philadelphia Flyers. Could have to wait till tomorrow on some news and notes. Connecting's missed the past couple games, um, but I assume he could be back. Tampa Bay has been uh, just absolutely – Kucherov four points on Sunday. I mean, the guy is just going nuts. They're minus 125 favorites on the road in Philly and a six over-under. Vegas at Toronto. Um, we just saw this game in Vegas. Now it goes to Toronto, minus 170 on the Maple Leafs, six and a half over-under. Um, yeah, Vegas is pretty banged up. Carolina is at Minnesota. It is a six over under plus 130 for the home. Minnesota Wild minus 155 on Carolina. Ottawa back to back in Nashville. Nashville minus 142 favorites. They've been pretty hot as of late as well, winning games and uh, just very quietly in a playoff spot right now. Ottawa, on the other hand, I think 14 points out. They need to rattle off a metric ton of wins to get back in the mix. It is a six and a half over under. The St. Louis Blues will go to Winnipeg, take on the Jets. That is a five and a half over under. That is our lowest total on the slate. Minus 125. Winnipeg is a minus 192 favorite in this one. So pretty big favorites. The LA Kings on a back-to-back go to Calgary. Are they where are they in Edmonton tonight? Why do I think they were home? Yes. They must, they must be in Edmonton. They have to be in it's Edmonton. A nine, it's a 9-30 game, so I'm almost certain they're in Edmonton. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be. Okay. I don't know why I thought they were home, but they're not. They're going to Canada. Uh, anyways, they're minus 122 favorites. Um, the six over under as a coin flip. Dallas on a back-to-back at Colorado. This is a minus 142 for the Avalanche. Six and a half. Dallas on a you know back-to-back. Pittsburgh will be without Brian Rust. And, of course, still Jane Gensel going to Vancouver to take on the Canucks. It is a minus 155 for Vancouver. Six and a half over under plus 102. And finally, the New Jersey Devils will go to the San Jose Sharks, where even though I don't think New Jersey's won a game in my entire life, it feels like at this point, they are minus 250 favorites on the road in San Jose in a game they absolutely have to have if they want to get back into the mix. Any thoughts, concerns, comments, or are you ready to read a thing? Um, Yeah, the slate in general seems pretty clean on the defensive end of things, meaning there's not going to be a ton of injury-related value. Um, Obviously, we'll see if anything arises from the few teams on a back-to-back on Monday. Um, But at forward, it is an absolute war zone out there. Um, So I'm keeping an eye on specifically Eric Zanek and Monaghan at center. You know, there's other stuff, but mostly guys we don't really care about. And at the wing position, uh, we are looking for... Uh, you mentioned all these, but uh, Konechny, um, we're obviously trying to figure out how Arizona is going to adapt to No Keller. Uh, we are watching for news on Jeff Skinner. Um, and then we know that Tyler Sagan and Mark Stone and uh, Brian Russ are all out as well. So a lot of potential value spots, a lot of potential changes um, up and down the lineups for uh, a few teams. So yeah, there's a lot of things to keep an eye on for the forward groups, and we'll touch on some of the if, if, then, or you know, main benefactors from these injury spots as we go. Uh, but before we get into the game by game, uh, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings, uh, specifically the sports book. But you know, um, we're, we're, a, we're a daily fantasy podcast here, and we highly encourage you to play on the DraftKings daily fantasy platform as well. So we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. DJ just ran through all the lines, so just bet, bet whatever the hell you want. Um, there's lots of good player props out there and whatnot as well. Um, we'd be remiss to not mention our friends at Puckluck, who now have everything updated and you know seems like they're settled in for the stretch drive over there. Um, other, in any case... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks at the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The Hockey Podcast Network. THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In your call, 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please bear responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, Tournament Plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. So 12 games, uh, mentioned a few things to look for off the bat, but let's go right away to, into one of the major spots on the slate just for me uh i suppose from a top end perspective florida hosting the buffalo sabers uh matthew kachuk missed their most recent game but he is expected to return um so i guess crisis averted for the panthers um but yeah this does leave us with several high-end options in what is a pretty good matchup and a revenge spot for some of the uh more you know, the Reinhardts and Montours of the world here. So DJ, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still sticking to not attacking Florida and this game doesn't make me all that nervous about it. Um, I, I have, you know, continued to watch exactly what I said would happen, happen with Rasmus Dahlin, um, but the price is incredibly reflective of that. He's up to 7,700 now, but the blocks and the shots have all been there. He's been integral in the Sabres offense, of course. Like, I'm not going to be – again, like that point for all of that is that I feel like he's a necessary component that he Sabres built, and I'm not spending that price for him in this matchup. So I'm out on the Sabres. Uh, I could get talked into Florida, but anything you wanted to say first about the Sabres, which we have a question mark on, and then we also, I think, are going to have question marks on what the Panthers might look like. Um. No, I mean the Sabers are the Sabers. They're they're not very good. Um, even with Owen Power back, Dalene played 31 minutes last game. So I don't know. Yeah. He's 7700. It, it's not like it's not a great play because obviously when you play Dalene, it just means you can't play one of the Florida guys or other high end options on the slate. Um, but if you really like some cheap stacks, Dalene is a fine one-off. I mean, there's really no defenseman getting the sort of role that he has right now. Um, so that's, you know, that, that explains the price, but also he's been unbelievable with those minutes he's gotten. Um, so much so that even 7,700 is not crazy if we knew he's going to get 30 minutes, which, you know, at this point, Sabres are still fighting for their lives, technically. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect that to change. So otherwise. Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Florida's been in a bit of a cold spell scoring-wise at 5-on-5. Five five. Their power play really heated up with Kachuk at the helm. Um, so I would be somewhat interested in stacking around Kachuk, but honestly, the prices now 
just looking around the rest of the slate don't make me feel great um, on Florida. So it's certainly interesting, but uh, do you feel strongly about whether you'd go top line, second line, some combination for the Panthers? I mean, do we know what this Matt the Truck injury was? Um, I don't. Um, he got hurt like mid game though. So I'm sure you could find some video and Zapruder film it, but, um, it didn't seem like they were that worried in all honesty, like right away. So I was actually yeah. a little bit surprised when he missed uh, the last game, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, in my opinion, I mean, again, I, I am not going to sit here and ever defend the Buffalo Sabres. They're really all that horrendous defensively. And, I would have enough hesitation surrounding Matt the Chuck, and I have to. I, I I I would have to have confidence that this injury is not something that is going to hamper his production offensively. Uh, we've seen all season in Buffalo, Tage Thompson just not be the same guy after a wrist injury. Uh, so I, I would really need to know that uh, that's the case. I do think people will be scared to play Matt the Chuck as well. Um, but even if he's a hundred percent, I don't think it's a slam dunk at seventy five hundred by any stretch. Like it's a great price, but it's not anything I'd have to play because the Sabres, again, I just think are actually a bit better defensively than we give them credit for. And the other line, if it is back to Verhage, Reinhardt, Barkov, like I'm just more interested in that. Like that's the line I think that has the explosive upside comparatively. So yeah, I would go to line one. Erod was there last game with Reinhardt and Barkov. So if that sticks, another revenge spot, if you will, you could actually just play a full revenge, Reinhardt, Rodriguez, and Montour if you actually have stones. Um, I don't, so I will not. But the point of all of this I'm saying is I need clarification, obviously, on the line tomorrow. And then, yeah, I think I'd go with line one. But honestly, I don't plan on playing either. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much where I'm at as well. Um, the Sabres aren't quite as bad defensively as, um, I mean, they, you know, their results are pretty solid defensively. But just in general, like the, the, the struggle with them all year has been scoring. So I don't really think that Jeff Skinner missing is, you know, any like, oh, like, there's any change to the Florida matchup and the Florida prices are just kind of high. Um, so if you're going to stack them, just go all the way in. I'm not really sure you can one off a guy like Kachuk here. Um, at least maybe I'm just not that interested in it, but you certainly could. Um, for the Buffalo side, the only note is if uh, Skinner does wind up missing, we could see someone like Paterka slide up there. Now that's a bit dicey because as of last game, Paterka is no longer on the freaking power play at all. Like not even, you know, this is a guy who I think they should be building around. And Granato was like, actually, he's not as good on the power play as both of Kyle Akposo and Jordan Greenway. Like one of those guys to be a net front idiot. Sure. Both of them. It's just, I mean, next level egregious. So um, keep an eye on where he goes. If Krebs stays on a line with Paterka though, at five on five, he was the beneficiary of that. He's gotten a couple decent games in a row. He remains 2,500, playing 15 minutes. He's going to be out there in pretty much any situation for the Sabres. Um, and if he's with Paterka and on the power play too, that's a perfectly fine punt to uh, go elsewhere in this game. But anything else here before we move on to Washington, Detroit? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I fully agree with you on everything you're saying, but, but it is funny because if you are, you know, again, if you're a Sabres fan or, or not, Sabres Twitter is just in love with this Krebs Paterka Benson line. They were just in love with you know Middlestead Cousins Paterka, and in my opinion, it's just Paterka. And I don't understand how the coaching staff isn't giving him a better role because he creates offense. 
maybe he's giving up too much defensively. And I, I get, I don't really care about that for DFS purposes, but I, I definitely think that that is a punt line to at least give a look at because it is unbelievably cheap. The minutes are the best in the world. Um, the power play run is, you know, Benson Olsen on that second power play. So you could find better, but it is like minimum salary across the board, but we can move over to Washington and Detroit um, to keep this going. Um, let's, Start with uh, where you want to start here. Let's start with Washington or Detroit. Uh, well, I mean, we know we know the Washington setup because they're playing right now. Uh, so you know, assuming further injuries, okay. blah blah blah. With no Oshi, they seem to be rolling out Strom, Ovechkin, and Tom Wilson. Um, worth keeping an eye on whether Wilson stays on that top power play or not all game because obviously this line is fully correlated at five on five and on the power play if so and dylan strome at 5100 is has been like really really good uh, over his last 10 games he's got good fantasy production he also has really solid underlying uh results as far as his you know his, his rate attempts his expected goal output all of that looks stellar for 5100 i mean strome is a really really strong play even on a back-to-back on the road for washington and obviously ovechkin being 6100 is you know, it's too cheap for a guy who's put on this planet to score goals and will be given every chance to score goals, such as empty net goals, um, as some of us learned that you can get bailed out by uh, over the weekend. And uh, Tom Wilson makes it even cheaper to full stack. So if, if Wilson's going, he, we know that he was a guy earlier this year who really had some juice um, that went away pretty quickly. So I'm interested to see how this rejuvenation on the top line treats him or if he sort of gets traded out for a patches or Mantha type um yeah that's the main spot in this game i'm interested in not really interested in punting with washington depth or anything so what are your thoughts here i mean yeah they just had a power play goal and that i saw the tweet after saying like dylan strome like five i think it's five straight games with a power play point or something like that and i mean mm-hmm. he's just integral on moving the puck on the power play uh they definitely flow it through him and the price just is reflective of a guy that you know, I mean, he's like what a thousand cheaper than Shane Pinto in that game yeah. on on, uh, on Monday night, and it's like and again, he's just too cheap. So, like, if you're playing Washington, I think it's just obvious where you're going here, and it's not going to be very popular. They're pretty big underdogs, uh, as I mentioned. They're plus one fifty. It's a six and a half shaded pretty heavily towards that under, and I mm-hmm. do think people like Detroit as a team more than I do. Uh, so, I can definitely see it. Um, Washington has won some GPPs and. And recent run, uh, maybe some people consider it. I don't know. I mean, do you think any ownership is going to be on Washington here? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I, I just think there's too many options. And on the back to back, I think it's more likely that like Patrick Kane gets ownership than Ovechkin, honestly. But we'll see. Um, I just wanted to note that, uh, like expected yeah. fantasy point wise, over the last 10, he is 13th on the stretch slate. Dylan Strom is, Ovechkin is 14th. Um, every player who is higher than them on this list is more expensive. So like, you know, Matt Boldy on a per dollar basis is, is better. He's 6,300 up in the 16 mark, but Stroman OV being at 13 for their price tags is really, really strong for this slate. And so that's why I'm very interested in, you know, basically going right back to that. Well, um, and of course I'll update this after the Monday games and see where things stand. Um, so with that, um, I, I, you know, there is obviously reason to like Detroit. We know that their offense flows to a few guys. Those guys are now playing on the five on five line together. And, you know, should there be a five on three, their power play makes sense. But 
for the time being, their power play does not make sense at five on four. Like it just does not seem like they want to put Kane and Larkin together. Um, so I'm not sure I'm interested in doing Kane to Brinkett Cider. Um, but that is, I think, the best way to stack Detroit here without including, you know, uh, Michael Rasmussen or you know David Perron or whoever sort of finds their way onto this like the second power play third line type role. Um, I don't know. Detroit just sucks. Like I really don't have interest in, in playing them, but is there anything here for you? I I mean, again, I, I watched some of that game and it, they just didn't look good against Chicago. I mean, like the numbers supported, yeah. they had 2.2 expected goals in that game against Chicago. Like they were very uninspiring. Um, Raymond yeah. looks like a, he's a player, but he's with no one. They've kind of just—I mean, like maybe for a shop prop or something, you could go that way, but not in a twelve-game GPP. It's yeah, like it's sure. probably Kane, Debrinket, Raymond. You're hoping for a blocks bonus. I, I'm just okay. gonna fade this one. Uh, no, thank you. All right, um, let's keep it going then. With twelve games, Arizona and Montreal, uh, with no Clayton Keller. I don't believe we saw any lines. I can quickly look into the Arizona situation a bit, um, but clearly with. Uh, with Keller on the shelf, everyone is incredibly inexpensive. You know, you were saying, oh, like, let's run to the table and bet Montreal. Um, and, and maybe that's right. You know, like, clearly losing Keller is, is not good. Um, but there is something to be said that this team is still going to have a reasonable total and they will not have a single forward priced above $5,000 on this slate. So you can really get creative in how you're stacking um, elsewhere if you're plugging in a couple of just baseline values from this game. Um, someone who I'm really interested in, just, you know, it's mostly based on hope and vibes, is Matias Michelli. Uh, he's a guy who earlier this season was absolutely taking over for this squad. Um, and that went away. I mean, that literally, his shot volume was like really solid. And then it just disappeared at some point in like January and it never returned. And so, you know, it, it's hard to say because this dude now has like a hundred and something games in his NHL sample. And for 20 of them, he was an awesome fantasy asset. I wonder if, you know, being the prospect he has with the pedigree he has, you know, call their finalist last year, yada, yada. Um, if that point production, maybe with no Keller, he sort of takes more of the offense onto his own stick. And for 3,600, I think that's a bet I'm willing to make. Um, but I do think if I'm playing Michelli, I would like to stack him with someone like Bukestad or Kraus or maybe Sean uh, Dersey if we get power player units or something like that. Um, but in any case, that's like the one spot that I'm sort of interested in fleshing out further. And it might make my mix as like a you know a mini stack type to fill in some higher end stacks elsewhere on the slate. So any thoughts on Arizona before we cover the Canadians? Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I was going to mention him as the guy I think takes over Keller's power play one spot. Um, it could be, I mean, you could make a case for a couple guys, but we didn't see that in the game. We saw them go to Kerfoot with uh, Hayton and Schmoltz. Uh, um, I think that's probably the most likely scenario there. We'll, we'll you know, we just got to keep an eye on it. But um, yeah, I like that that Kraus, Vincelli, Bukestad situation. That, that definitely is solid. Very, very cheap, very correlated. And at worst, you're getting all power play too, which would all be correlated. And at best, maybe one pumps up to the top unit. Um, I'm not sure if that really helps or hurts, honestly, in this type of an environment. But again, something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Montreal is still not very good, even though I said I was going to bet them at plus 100. And I did that while you were doing the read. While they're talking about problem gambling, I was like, huh? But um, <laughs> why don't we... <laughs> 
but we could get over to Montreal as well. I mean, yeah, I, I think that that line's going to move is why I bet it more than like, uh, not, 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 not that Arizona couldn't get there. I just think that uh, plus money on a team at home against a team with lost their, you know, I think unequivocal best offensive player. On the other hand, yeah, Caulfield, and, Suzuki, um, Slipkowski. Yeah, and just to, to cap off the Arizona stuff, there there is, you know, there's not a ton of underlying expected goal stuff for a team that's lost 12 straight games uh, the Arizona Coyotes have uh, yeah. to turn it around here. So, you know, it's mostly a bet against Montreal if you're uh, trying to play some Arizona pieces. On the Montreal side, we do know where the offense comes from. So uh, is there anything beyond the top line that you're interested in, or um, is it just the top line for you? Yeah, I think I'm going to put put it on the top line for me. Um, I, I could see it getting a little popular. It's not that expensive. It Again, you as you just mentioned, uh, 12 straight losses for Arizona, and it's not because they're keeping the puck out of their own net. The goaltending completely fell off, which was very much expected. Yeah, uh, Matheson, 6,500, that's pricey. Uh, that, that's one thing that is going to be left off pretty pretty commonly because he's just not worth that price tag. Um, yeah, I like it. It's again, it, to me, it feels like it's priced correctly for the, um, the it's priced correctly. Is it going to be too owned? That That's the, that's, what's going to be the stumbling block for me. Not that it isn't a good play. It's just, is it a good enough play? Yeah. If people actually do go to it, Nick Suzuki has been, as you're just showing, I mean, he's actually been shooting and, and, and been good. It's not just like, Oh wow. This Nick Suzuki guy is getting lucky because he plays with Cole Caulfield. Like he, actually probably makes Cole Caulfield a much better player. Yeah, I, I I mean, I think that's inarguable that Suzuki's a good quality NHL player. Um, Slavkovsky really does seem to be rounding into form. I mean, just everything you look at, this dude is really popping off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a $25,000 stack for a four-man stack that is going to play a ton of minutes in a fabulous matchup. 12 game slate i really don't think ownership matters that much um so they're in the mix i mean caulfield has really turned it up as of late as well um he was he was you know uh he was a little bit sketchy there for a little bit as far as his underlying shot attempts um but those are really high uh, over the last little run uh that line producing a ton they've got the best expected goals for numbers on the team they've got the best goals for numbers on the team um and yeah, I mean, Arizona is absolute sieve defensively and in goal. So uh, I have nothing else to really say about this. Um, if you want to get real sneaky, like the, you know, Alex Newhook stuff seems like it'll still be in play. He's not done anything with it. And I don't really think it's worth the, uh, like, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze here. But if you need a center spot filled and you can't use Suzuki, I would be okay with trying to replace him with a new hook or something just, you know, to try and change things up a bit. Um, he should play a bunch of minutes. This team still has no center depth to speak of. Um, so, you know, you're getting a bit of an out to the 6,100 Suzuki and you're hoping, Hey, the, the first line smashes, but Suzuki has one shot on goal. He has two assists and, you know, new hook puts up 15 and makes that better than, you know, Suzuki's 11 plus what that allows you to do elsewhere. So I've got nothing else here. Uh, anything else before we move to Tampa and Philly? It, it is so eerily similar, this stack to Washington, only just slightly more correlation. Um, it, it, we don't know about Tom Bowles and top power play yet. And I just think it's just like, uh, this is the hair better. So I like those two. Um, but yeah, let's get over to Tampa and Philly. A, a low total, as I already mentioned. Um, 
Tampa doesn't really seem that hard. Like they finally put Hagel with Kucherov um, and Point, and and Hagel's been world beating. It made a ton of sense that 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 was going to get there on Sunday. I know you had it yourself, and I don't know if there's anything else in this game I'm really all that interested in. I know Owen Tippett is, I believe, the uh, 9.6 shot attempts per game over the last five. That's fantastic. On the other side, if you did want to do something, you know, a little bit goofy like that, he has two 10-shot-on-goal games in his last five. So we know it's there, and, and Tampa can give up shots against. It's not like they're impervious to it, especially without guys like Sergeyev in the lineup. But this game is awfully expensive for the total. Um, that that all to say, again, I'm not incredibly interested here, but I do think, again, you are going to be getting what I believe is the best lineup for Tampa about line one in a very low ownership situation. Yeah. Um, you know, the expected goals aren't anything crazy, but if you like actual goals and you like five on five production, which is not to say, you know, the Kucherov power play magic on top of that, uh, this game does have the highest goal pace. You know, just these two teams combined over the last 10 games are scoring a lot and they're giving up a lot. This emphasis on the latter for sure. Um, which does make this a pretty appealing spot. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, 9,800, of course, you need to compare him not to, you know, the rest of this game, but more toward, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Austin Matthews. Um, and frankly, I think I prefer Kudrov. So even though the expected goals don't look crazy here, I, I am sort of interested in, uh, you know, Kudrov and Tippett and just sort of building around some cheaper options that we get, especially if Konechny misses. I mean, if Konechny doesn't play, Tyson Forster seems locked in to the, the role that he's been playing uh which is really uh i mean let me just pull up his game logs here but thanks Forrester over the last two games he returned from injury and has been monstrously productive and more importantly he's been playing 20 minutes in each of these games so um I mean, this is a no-brainer for me at 3,500 in Tyson Forrester. Uh, if Konechny misses, he's almost locked in for, for me personally. And I do think it makes sense to build around him and tip it and, you know, maybe run it back with Kucherov and, you know, maybe Hagel even because uh, Hagel is on a 13-game point streak, uh, which I could not believe. But this is the longest point streak since Steven Stamkos. Nikita Kucherov has never gone on a 13-game point streak. I don't really know what to say about that, but like that just goes to show how impressive Hagel has been because almost all of this is coming at five on five. And until recently, almost all of this was coming without the benefit of being glued to Nikita Kucherov's hip. Um, the underlines are there to support Brandon Hagel. So I really do think that this game is ripe for game stacking. Uh, just keep an eye on Travis Konechny news and also keep an eye out for who the Philly top power play guy will be. I believe Jamie Drysdale is done. Um, hurt his shoulder. It looked, uh, it looked exactly like what you would expect the season a season-ending shoulder injury to look like, and we've seen it multiple times with this guy now, sadly. Um, so I do think it's going to be either Cam York or Travis Sanheim manning the point, uh, or maybe Sean Walker, and they'll try and boost his you know trade deadline appeal. So there could be some hidden value on the blue line, but otherwise. A lot of lot to like here. Uh, news to news to track, but uh, yeah. And anything you want to add to that? Uh, two notes just from Tampa's last game. Uh, number one, it, it, as you kind of alluded to, Hagel wasn't on the top power play, but did get some run with Kucherov and others. Uh, I think either they 
I don't know. I mean, I think just like Goudreau doesn't come off the ice, but he had 24 minutes, Hagel, and including you know penalty kill time and stuff. So it's not like he wasn't getting run. Um, and number two, of all four goals they had, all were at five on five, and all of them were while Victor Hedman was on the ice. We didn't say his name, but at 5,900, I think you could do worse uh, than a guy like Victor Hedman, who is getting you know, 25, 26 to 30 minutes in some games, blocking shots, shooting the puck. And just, of course, he's, if he scored, have had four, four opportunities to, uh, with on the edge of four goals and Kucherov had four points, it kind of leads you back to the reality that they must be putting them out there together for some reason. So I do think it's pretty obvious that, you know, you're stacking correctly. Kind of reminds me of like, you know, Kale McCarr with McKinnon and stuff. Uh, there, there's a reason they're trying to do that on purpose. So we can move on. You covered Philly really well. Uh, we can get over to Vegas and Toronto if you're ready. Yes, uh, certainly. And yeah, the, the Victor Hedman with Kucherov and Tegel is, is a very intentional decision. And it's made, it's exacerbated by Tampa going 11 and 7. Um, so basically, it's, yeah. you know, Hedman, you go out every every time Kucherov goes out and we'll just throw whoever else out there with you. Um, so really there's no like cheap D that you can uh, stack, but you can certainly play Hedman and be confident that he will highly, highly correlate with the uh, Kucherov line. So uh, next up we have Toronto and Vegas. Uh, this is a rematch of the uh, absolute walloping uh, Toronto gave Vegas, yeah. uh, I think Friday. Um and this comes with Vegas in a bit of a tailspin. All their underlyings are getting progressively worse. They're without Mark Stone. They're without Jack Eichel. Um, we seem to be close on a Jack Eichel return, but it seems like they have Saturday in Buffalo uh, penciled in. It's like the first possible return date with uh, obviously after that being uh, in the cards as well. So we're dealing with a pretty bare bones Vegas squad. We do have Shea Theodore back. I'm very proud to uh, to announce that I got more Shea Theodore through than I even drafted. I have 42% Shea Theodore in best puck. Just incredible job by me uh, drafting just an elite defenseman who just happened to miss, you know, 50 games or whatever. Who cares? You know, not, not a big deal. Um, still managed to squeak him through. So now it's time for the Shea Theodore show uh, to roll into Toronto. Uh, DJ, any thoughts on who you'd want to play Shea Theodore with on the Vegas side before we tackle the Toronto situation? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of things change. Last game, it was William Carlson, Marcheseau, Brisson as a line. Um, Carlson and Marcheseau on that top power play. It did look like the you know the funneling of the puck was through Theodore and um, you know Carlson through Marcheseau, Stephenson, and Amadio was kind of playing bumper. Um, that also means that the other line had Stephenson and Amadio, but I, I just don't think I'm gonna like if I'm punting it off and, and playing guys like Stephenson and Amadio. I mean, I guess I get Amadio as a one-off at 3,100, like power play one, et cetera. But I think if I'm actually playing Vegas, I, I'm just going to go with what I assume not many people will play in Marcheseau, Theodore, and Carlson. Just go all the way because it really isn't that expensive on, on its own. Like 5,400 for uh, for William Carlson I think is totally justifiable. He's been really, really good and is in power play. So I would consider that. Um, again, like it's what? The same, it's got to be cheaper than playing Montreal one, uh, especially if you throw on minimum yeah. salary for Son, which is probably fine. Like, it, it is really cheap, and I, I don't like the matchup. Like, I do respect Toronto a ton, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get there, but it it is like, like my point being, like, I think all the upside in this game is there. You could one off a of Mario if you'd like, but 
going like Stephenson, Amadio, Theodore just feels like you just have set up a lineup that is just clearly not going to win a GPP. Um, so yeah, I, I would just myself trying to win a GPP if you're going to, if you're going to play. Yep. Uh, that certainly worries me as well. Um, you know, Carlson, I think is, is a okay, like one-off play if you can't afford March or so and you want to stack with Theodore, or, you know, even if you just want to use the center slot. Um, I don't see a ton at 5,400 if you're not trying to one-off like a, a chalky uh, Suzuki or a chalky Dylan Strome. Um, there's, there's not really a ton in the mid-fives that I that I love. So that that's like totally fine. I think William Carlson, uh, we're finding that center is getting progressively worse, in my opinion, as the season goes on and these guys get priced up and whatnot. Um, so that's how I would do Vegas, but ultimately it just means that Shea Theodore is very much in play. He's had one smash game in his three, so, you know, just, just whatever. It, it's obviously my own thing, um, but I'm certainly interested there. For Toronto, uh, it does seem like Tyler Bertuzzi has just straight up usurped uh, John Tavares on the top power play. Um, you know, he's 3,700. He's coming off a hat trick with two power play goals. I don't know. I, does ownership actually come in on him? I, I guess, no. but um, there's a lot of good cheap options here. So uh, Bertuzzi, I guess maybe chief among them, though there are, you know, again, more less expensive options. Um, but I guess playing with William Nylander, you could see Nylander get uh, priced up or I guess uh, more owned as a result of having Bertuzzi there. But yeah, John Tavares, third line, Nick Robertson, Bobby McMahon, top line, Nyes, Matthews, Marner. It just doesn't feel like a spot that I'm really willing to get hurt on because of these high level prices. And I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Because I just can't get out of my head that this Vegas team is not as bad as their underlyings and that the results have been. I think that's very fair. I mean, they are back to like a hundred percent on defense. Petrangelo, Theodore, McNabb, Haig, Martinez, Whitecloud. Uh, that sounds like the optimal for them. And I do worry. I mean, obviously, it's the depth on this team that is the concern. Um, I mean, they've had to promote guys like Colasar and Potter and uh, guys I've barely even heard of, and like Rosie and Morelli. Sure. Uh, and like these guys are actually having to play. Like the concern is that. The depth can't keep up. I don't think it's that, um, you know, Stephenson can't play defense against, you know, a, a top line in Toronto. So I think I'm out more so. I think they could limit Toronto's upside enough. And I mean, they, they I mean, you're playing Austin Matthews at 10K. I don't really think I'm going another route on that. And you could obviously still play Bertuzzi with it because Matthews gets there through the power play and Bertuzzi's on that power play. Like, I don't think that they're, you know, just because they're not correlated at five on five, you couldn't do it. Like, I'm playing him over nice probably. Um, just mm -hmm. pretty obvious. I don't think that's actually that much of a debate. Like that's the only thing I'm interested in here. And I just don't know if I'm spending all of my cap on it. Um, and I think Vegas, like you say, you're saying is just going to continue to get progressively better in these underlying numbers uh, quickly. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So Carolina, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, this game feels like an easy X out. Um, yep. But the problem is, DraftKings refuses to price Matt Boldy as the absolute world beater that he's been playing as alongside Kirill Kaprizov. Um, keeping an eye on Joel Erickson X injury is paramount to this, um, I think, to this play because 
you know, frankly, if it's Ryan Hartman or Marco Rossi on the top line, I I can't say I'm less interested because of the fact that like, you know, they're just so much cheaper and Matt Bovey is still a value and whatever else. But I kind of feel like if Jared Erickson Eck plays, this line will be 2% owned yet again. And like, it probably will be somewhat owned if, uh, you know, if they get a cheap Rossi or a cheap Hartman to sort of replace Erickson Eck, including the power play role that we would assume uh, gets replaced somehow as well. So that's basically me saying, I think ownership comes in really low on a Minnesota line. That's the team doesn't need to be good. I mean, their three best players are playing together. And they've been absolutely elite. Um, we're talking Kaprizov and Boldy having two of the three highest expected fantasy point outputs. And um, if I unhide these columns, actually, it, well, it, no, I don't think it'll work because I'm on the, the I have a pod and a main setup. On the main slate, I can change this to actuals. And obviously with a 60 burger in there uh, for both, uh, for Kaprizov especially that number is also going to be very high, the actual fantasy output. Um, So basically, it's like, yeah, the matchup stinks because Carolina is really good, but we've seen Minnesota go absolute buzzsaw through anyone because these three guys are really, really good. So um, can you back me on saying Minnesota 1 equals good, or are you just like, nope, it's Carolina, um, maybe Natchez and move on? Well, I mean, I, I, again, if you're saying that the ownership is 2% on that full line one, I think they win the slate more often than 2%. So I think it's a fine play. Uh, is it, you know, 10%? No. Is it 4 or 5%? Probably. Uh, but, you know, even at that, I, I do think it's a good game theory strategy. Like, I, I think if anyone has the stones to play Minnesota 1 altogether, I have to applaud you. Um, and I honestly think that, like you're alluding to, well, oh, well, what if now they move Rossi into that spot? Well, he's not going to have the top power play. Uh, Hartman was on the top power play over, it seems like, anyone else. So maybe if it's Hartman, then maybe you could convince me that it's not 100 miles worse. Um, but it's worse. Like, their upside is lower now. Their ownership's higher now. I, I think I'd rather just stick with what you're saying. Um, I don't have a lot of interest on the other side of things either. If anything, I'm going back to Drury Bunting Natchos. I've said it, that that's what I'm playing if I'm playing it. I think that's their best five-on-five line right now, and I think that Natchos should just unequivocally be on the top power play in some capacity, and he isn't. But all three of these guys are at least on a power play, and they really don't have an unbelievably strong preference between the two. Like, I do think the Ajo unit's going to get the, the first run most of the time, but, you know, it's not to an unbelievable degree. Like, they're definitely using both of them. So. Yeah. That's it for me, though. I, I mean, you know, that's it for this game. Is maybe I consider yep. it in the game theory aspect. Um, I, I, I tried to sound smart there, Matt, and I feel like I did a good job. What do you think? Yeah, and we see. Uh, well, great, great job, DJ. Pat on the back for you. Uh, we see Michael Bunting make his way into the values list as well. I mean, he's 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 got the role you would want. So I could totally see myself going with Natchez and Bunting. Um, especially if Erickson is out. I mean, again, that's a huge issue defensively as well because you're asking Marco Rossi and Ryan Hartman to play top six center minutes. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, we've seen this team fall apart without Erickson Eck like in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, he's he's been he's been integral to this team's success at both ends of the ice. So I think it's a very interesting spot to monitor because no, nothing in this game should be that popular. Um, otherwise... 
we saw some interesting stuff defensively uh, last game. Tony D'Angelo uh, drew into the lineup, scored almost right away. Got up to 16 minutes, 2,700, Tony D'Angelo. They just lost to the Sabres. We are reaching peak. It's about time to get Brent Burns off the top power play time, in my estimation. And 2,700, again, if you're playing one lineup, I don't know. It's probably not a good good, good effort. But if you're playing 150 or whatever and you want to mix in some Tony D, 2,700 is totally too cheap because this is a rare guy who can put up 25 and you would not be that surprised as a defenseman. So yeah, he, um, didn't, yeah. he didn't even get power play two run, though. I mean, I, I, no, I don't know. understand. I, it's very weird. Yeah. Like, that is what he is good for. Like, it, it, he is a, a very good offensive defenseman. Um, and it yeah. seems like they, they have a need for it and they just, yeah, they just aren't playing. But this is what it is. Uh, I'm ready to move over, uh, Ottawa Nashville. If you are though. Yes. So, um, yeah, Ottawa playing right now. <laughs> the first period ended, the score is four to two. Um, four to two. I saw. Washington is, is winning. It's been all depth idiots, uh, minus the yeah. power play goal. I think you mentioned already. Um, and there's been 20 total shots. So, you know, this is, you know, total crisis of goaltending. We look at the slate and we see yeah. also the underlines, the expected goals. These are the two of the top four matchups on the slate based on those. Um, so you got to think that this game is at least an interesting target. Maybe ownership, whatever, doesn't quite get there because of the prices and how spread out Ottawa is. Um, but let's unpack things because unless we see like you know like i mean 42 i don't know maybe everything goes in the blender but it seems like the kachuk line is working right now with pinto kachuk and uh is it it's not it was batherson no, no i'm blanking was it batherson i mean that was he scored on that I line so i don't think so Jeru joseph and then it was i think batherson was with uh tarasenko was tanko tarasenko was there to yes Tarasenko should be there. We don't know, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Things aren't so, working in any case. Well. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we got to keep an eye on lines here because obviously whoever's playing with Brady Kachuk is probably among the best forwards on the team, just like uh, production wise, just because Brady Kachuk is, is very good. Um Pricing wise, Brady Kachuk seventy six hundred. You're kind of relying on like a bonus and multi point effort from him. So I like he's an okay one off, I suppose. Um, but because there's options that are cheaper, like Batherson or Tarasenko or uh, even Stutzla and Norris, like if you know Pinto gets shaken up, like it's clear that there could be some interesting uh, twists, especially if we don't get lines until uh, seven thirty warm ups post lock. Um, in that, I guess my, my take is let's see what Brady Kachuk's doing. If you want to make room for him, it totally makes sense, but I'm not rushing to get any of these guys in. I mean, like there's just, there's really nothing on, in a 12 game slate on a back to back on the road that I'm like, yeah, I want to play Ottawa. Like, come on. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I mean, the only, the only reason that okay, I, I, I do think it's kind of funny. It's like, I was, we talked about this earlier where I'm like, I think Ottawa is better than their record indicates. It doesn't make them good. And I also think Nashville is like bad enough uh, defensively 
that I could see why it makes sense. This kind of feels like one of those situations where I talk myself off of a good play in Ottawa just because it's hard. Um, I, I do think it's a good a good play. Like I really do, but it's hard because there's three lines. Um, I do think that I might end up just running a few lineups and one of them is just going to be decided at 7.30 when I leave room for the best I can for Ottawa um, and bring it back with Nashville. Like I would love to game stack this. Just Yossi, Forsberg, and then a couple guys on Ottawa, maybe two, maybe three, um, likely through Brady. And then at that point, I'm just going to be punting. Uh, and there's plenty of options to punt. Like, I don't think this slate is lacking in that. So I de- I do think that's a good build idea. And I just don't want to, like, make it sound like I don't think Ottawa is a good play. Because yeah. I, I definitely and, am in on it. It's just hard. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't really get easier going to Nashville. Because, obviously, the top line's the top line. They're the best plays. But we look at the values, and there are literally four values that stand out on the Nashville side um, in terms of, I mean, Forsberg at 8,100. It's probably a little cheap for how Ottawa's faring at this point in yeah. time. Uh, we have we have Cody Glass, who some of this comes on the top power play, of course, but, like, he's coming off a game of five block shots last game. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he's going to he's gonna get some ownership because even if power play two, he's got good enough rates to look appealing. Uh, Colton Sissons, his line mate, is on the top power play. We've got Ryan McDonough, who's picking up power play two time, uh, absolutely just chucking muffins from the point, blocking a billion shots a game. I mean, we're talking about a team coming off of a very impressive uh, road trip. They beat St. Louis, Vegas, LA, San Jose, and Anaheim, uh, all in regulation. I mean, this is... I mean, this is a really good run for, for the squad. Now they're back home against a reeling Ottawa team, uh, apparently just giving up four goals to absolute nobodies on the Washington Capitals. There's like four lines you could play in Nashville, and I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. And so it doesn't really feel good. Um, I will say that. So I think I'm most interested in trying to go like just McDonough and I don't know, like Duke, Luke Evangelista or something and just full punting. Um, that's not to say I don't trust the top line. It's just, I think the other top lines on this slate, I like a bit more. Yeah. I mean, they have guys, I mean, you know, they, I mean, you didn't say Tommy Novak, but again, we remember Tommy Novak <laughs> I mean, last yeah. year because every slate, like, these are the games. These are the Tommy Novak two shot, two goal games. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not planning on playing it, but like this guy is getting enough power play run. Like it was basically Yossi Forsberg with, O'Reilly as much as possible, Mike Miss as much as possible, Sissons, Glass, Evangeliska, Novak, kind of just and like you could realistically say that neither of Yossi or Forsberg could get there if it's because the other guys score on the power play and at five on five. Like I, I think I like that Novak Evangelista pairing enough to to give it a good hard look, yeah. um, for sure. And on the other hand, I could look at Sissons and Glass. Uh, I think I'm not playing McCarron, Sherwood, or, or Smith, but you know, if that's something that tickles your fancy, a guy that's like six foot eight in, in, in McCarron, then you know what? If you're going off the height train, go for it. Uh, but yeah, I think there are some nice. Again, there's a lot of good punts on this slate. Some of them are just Nashville, so I, you know, maybe you're not going to go too crazy, but um, yeah, I do like that call out a lot. All right. So uh, next up, we have Winnipeg and St. Louis. Um, Winnipeg's matchup looks pretty good. St. Louis, though, is getting back Justin Falk for this one, uh, we think. I mean, it's not confirmed confirmed, but they seemed pretty uh, optimistic that he would return. And obviously, Justin Falk matters to a team's defensive you know, a structure. 
Um, what also matters is that when we're talking about St. Louis, I mean, they are going to be on the road here, so Winnipeg can dictate matchups. But, um, I mean, St. Louis's top line is, is just actively good. Um, so th- there is some, like, you know, okay, maybe there's a bit of, like, oh, yeah, St. Louis is not a great matchup. The total is five and a half. I mean, Winnipeg's not going to project super well. Uh, they're coming off a smash where Mark Shifley, I believe, had four points. Um, and no, I don't know. Mark Schleifley did Mark Schleifley things. Um, and St. Louis does not look good at all. So first off, anything on St. Louis interests you. I know our Justin Falk best ball bags were pretty packed, but there's really nothing here that I can see as being warranted um, with guys like, you know, uh, what's his face? Zach Bolduke or anything like that. Like, I, I don't think there's anything here, even at 2,500. Um, but anything for you on St. Louis first. I mean, it's the lowest total on the slate. This is the St. Louis team that absolutely got eviscerated by the Red Wings last time out. Um, I'm always pretty low on the St. Louis team. I I mean, but again, within the past week, they did win a GPP against the Islanders. Um, I'm not going to do it for sure. Like, I don't want that to to come through as like, oh, well, maybe they can win a GPP because I think that it's very, very infrequently. Like, they're just such an efficiency-driven team. And against Winnipeg, I absolutely don't trust it. Um, not even just because I think Winnipeg has very good goaltending, which they definitely do, no matter who starts, I don't care. But the reason that goaltending is so good is because of how good they are defensively at limiting dangerous chances, which would be necessary for an efficiency team to get there. So it's a no for me. It's a five and a half for a reason. And and it's not quite cheap. I mean, like it's not expensive to stack uh, St. Louis, but it's just as expensive as Montreal, for example. So no, I'd rather play Montreal. Okay, so uh, Winnipeg. I mean, we are dealing with the question mark of Mark Scheif or uh, Sean Monahan. Um, I I don't really think it matters if Monahan plays or doesn't play. Like, I still think it's just the top line that you're mostly interested in. Sure. Um, you know, the, the depth that Lowry line is likely to eat the Thomas matchup. So there, there's really no interest there. Can we get to 8K Kyle Connor, 5,300 no. Gabe Velarde, and 6,200 Mark Shifley? I don't think I can personally. Um, Velarde makes it doable. Like he is underpriced right there. And, and, you know, for sure, he's so incredibly good. And I mean, he really is incredibly useful on that top power play. Like the puck definitely flows through Morrissey and, and Kyle <laughs> Connor as much as possible. But Velarde can absolutely play. And yeah. Kyle Connor right now in the last five, only five shot attempts per game is just way too low for me to want to jump on that price in a game that I already mentioned I don't love. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from it overall. Uh, and, and again, just it just doesn't feel like the upside play at that price, but I do love yeah, Velarde. Um, yeah. Velarde, Velarde sends the break. Uh, 1.3, 1.5, 0, 3, 32-16, 32-7-20. So... You know, he's on a bit of a heater. He's a very hit or miss guy. Uh, to me, the thing with Velarde is, is that I, I don't think you're playing without Kyle Connor. I honestly don't think you're playing without Mark Scheifele either. Again, the slate just sets up in a way that, like, center is kind of weak, especially if you can't afford McKinnon Matthews, you know, those guys. Um, and, and, like, I just don't really want to play that, that line into – I mean, a five and a half total against a team who I think is going to be on the upswing. I mean, St. Louis was playing better. They're getting Justin Falk back. 
I think that game was a bit of an aberration. So uh, in Detroit. So uh, anything else before we head to LA Calgary and do the final four of this slate? Uh, no, I mean, again, just uh, okay. for the betting for betting people, uh, Velarde is going to be like minus 135 for a point tomorrow. You could just probably bet that and not. Uh, you know, hedge when uh, Winnipeg smashes pretty easily. Uh, let's get over LA back to back against the Flames. Yeah, I got to say, this game is very unappealing to me. Yeah. Uh, it does yep. seem like we're going to get Brant Clark not playing on Monday. I would imagine that carries into Tuesday as well. Um, that makes the Kings worse. Their defense is already pretty bad. Um, I mean, they have Jordan Spence, Moravari, Gavrikov. I mean, like yeah Mikey Anderson wasn't any good but England's the worst player in the league and these three guys also suck Matt Matt Roy uh, had a 10 shot three block game against Anaheim no thank you this team is just I I don't know they're too expensive for what they're currently uh, doing they're on a back-to-back they're on the road Calgary's bad but they're not that bad so um, for me it's look at Calgary maybe see if Clark plays if not just move on to uh, other games so anything on LA or Calgary for you I mean it, it is uh it kind of feels like Calgary is just Ottawa with extra steps like it almost feels really <laughs> similar um and it, it's probably just a worse matchup uh than Nashville and yeah it just is it just is a worse matchup uh so I'm gonna stay away from it it, it I think it's even harder to, to like actually look at the flames and say uh, yeah, that's the right answer. Um, it's just, it's this. Now, we did get uh, Pospisil on the top power play with, with Kadri, which I found incredibly odd. Uh, so I guess that helps a Here's little bit. Question. To find it. Yeah. Here's a question. Is it the top power play? <laughs> I, I It really, well, I mean, the thing is, is it was until Hannafin had a chance for a hat trick, and then they're just like, run up. Okay. Power play too. So the whole last power play they had to get there towards the end of the game was just Hannafin. Um, so okay. I think it did inflate it a bit, uh, but I still think the argument is valid because uh, Zari and Backlund are, are still really good. Uh, but yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, I, I have no idea. Like Huberto, no, Sharon um, and, and Hunt. I mean, again, but Kuzmenko missed, right? Did he miss? Kuzmenko missed due to illness and he practiced so. on Monday, but did not skate in line rushes. So we're expecting him to miss uh, this game as well, whether it be, okay. you know, a healthy scratch or otherwise we're not expecting Kuzmenko to play here um we thought yeah. Peltier was going to be on the top line but it wound up being Dryden Hunt uh yep. that's not interesting whatsoever nope. so you know it's it's more just more of the same uh you know Coleman Backlund Manjapani have the underlying stuff that you would want they have the minutes but they're not particularly talented and then we have Nazem Kadri with two line mates who are in a better role because of the Kuzmenko a- absence. Um, but we know that Kadri is going to take a lot of the offense onto himself. So um, I think that for me is the decision. I lean slightly toward Kadri uh, just because Zari Pospisil should be on a power play unit, but I don't have strong feelings about this game. I'm mostly just skipping. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, we'll just look at the other side. Uh, I, I would am at least interested to see if it is Dubois, with Byfield and Kaliev, I mean, I am going to give it a look for sure. Uh, the Flames can give up goals. That is something that they're very okay with doing. And Dubois has been good. Byfield is very good. And I think Arthur Kaliev with those two could be at least a, 
a player um, at 2,800 that I could uh, conceive of playing with his shot rates over time and, and his finishing ability that obviously exists. So there is a nice little value in this game if that's something you're interested in. All right. Um, let's keep uh, moving into Colorado uh, hosting Dallas. Uh, Dallas on a back-to-back here. They are playing in She's Dallas starting. right now. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, traveling to the ele- or to the altitude. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, without Tyler Sagan, Dallas is going with Stankoven with uh, uh, Johnston and Jamie Ben. They're moving Delandria to the uh, Sagan spot on the second line, and then the top line remains Pavelski with Robertson and Hints. So, anything interest you here before we get to Colorado news? No, I'm not entire. I mean, I I think uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go to a back-to-back Dallas team. I, I definitely understand why you would consider it, but Colorado at home should have enough of an opportunity to match up against the top line in Dallas. And we could talk about a couple punts here, but I, I mean, are you really going to play Stankoven? Like, is that? I don't you think could, so. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't think um, so. Um, yeah, there's. So the main reason he's in play is because he's a center. Um, again, yeah. you know, I, I think that center is kind of weak relative to wing. So if you wind up needing to punt a center spot, he's 3K. He's not 2,500, which is meaningful. Um, but this, I mean, this dude is absolutely everything that you would want in a, uh, like in a, in a prospect, I, I guess is, is, is the word we should be using. Um, but he does seem like a player who is ready to go. Like uh, he absolutely ripped up the uh, AHL this season uh, last year. Um, he was unbelievable in the, the WHL. Um, he was an overager, so like that matters. But even for an overager, very similar to Bull Duke, he absolutely smashed the uh, the, the CHL. Um, and to a greater extent than Bull Duke did, I should say. So Stan Coven is here. It, it seems like it's his time. Um, but in uh, this matchup on a back-to-back, I don't really think it's time. Uh, so, you know, you kind of got to be a prospect believer to jam um, him here, in my estimation, unless there's some crazy line change, you know. If he goes to line one, all bets are off. Just, just play him. Like, who cares? Um, but otherwise... Life is too short. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I didn't play Heisken and Harley on Monday night, so when they both combine for 50 DraftKings points, I will be inconsolable. And uh, on the Colorado side, we did get Arturi Lekkinen on the top line with Rantanen and Matt McKinnon. So uh, Lekkinen, 5,100, I think is a great play. I don't think you need to play his guys with him. Of course you can, you know, they correlate really well now. Um, but that's more of just saying Lekkinen gets two goals because guess what? If McKinnon gets 25, you're not going to be put away by McKinnon at 10.2 getting 25 points. Um, you just need Lekkinen to get his 20 to 25 to really be uh, in contention with him, him as a one-off. That's my opinion, but um, I really like Lekkinen here. Um, so any thoughts on Colorado? The sports books will not adjust to Lekkinen's role very quickly. So keep an eye on it tomorrow. I'll try to point it out, but definitely, you know, that's a great point prop. <laughs> he's going to be like minus 145 or whatever. And he's been doing it without McKinnon and Rantanen to an extent. So yeah, yeah, I'm in on that. Um, I think if you know me, you know me uh, to want to try to continue to chase Kale McCarr. Maybe he finally got a point against Toronto. He had hit back-to-back blocks bonuses, but he hasn't even been close to 
anywhere near optimal since the beginning of February. So spend a minute. Um, I could conceive of, of playing him again. Uh, you know, just maybe excluding Rantanen, which makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm considering it. I like the matchup, but we can move over to Pittsburgh and, and Vancouver. I don't have right. to really stress on it too much. Yeah. Um, so Pittsburgh and Vancouver, the main note here is that without uh, Rust and without Gensel, it seems like the top line is going to be Crosby with Riley Smith and uh, Raquel. That really nukes the rest of the lineup. Um I got to say, if there's a way we can figure out who the Vancouver matchup is going to be, like, is it, you know, I honestly can't think if uh, JT Miller or Pedersen matches up with Sid, but that other line who gets to match up with Malkin and whatever's left, that's kind of appealing to me uh, because this Pittsburgh team is uh, in really dire straits. Um, Milt Benstrom could get a bigger role. He scored on the power play on Sunday, but it wasn't like a crazy, you know, wasn't like a crazy goal or anything. It was just one of those fluky goals. Um, but he could get on a run 2,700. He's going to get more ice time than he ever has, in my opinion. Um, so that's the one punt that I'm keeping an eye on with uh, Pittsburgh's current situation. But really, I mean, this just really hurts them. I mean, Sid's great, but Rust and Gensel are truly play drivers. And without them, I, I think there's <laughs> going to be some struggles. So any interest in attacking either side of this game? It would have to be Vancouver. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do it, but it would, it would be just like, yeah, I, I'm not injured. I mean, how do you play? Nah, I, I really can't even think of like a scenario of how I'm getting to Pittsburgh. It, it just feels like you're just setting yourself up for failure. And I know okay. there's going to be a punt here that you could consider, but there's no need. Uh, Vancouver, I, I really don't think I'm going to do it, but – What's the pricing on it? I'm trying to pull up a couple things while it's, I it's it's cheap. It's not <laughs> like, that yeah. sixty two hundred uh, is is awfully interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. JT Miller seven K. Like, I mean, these dudes are smashing up down left and right, and they just don't seem to be priced like it. So brings me brings I gotta me say no I'm joy to report that Quinn Hughes could also be back. I mean, okay. is the one game against Boston just got to take that one out of the equation? But I mean, he has eight shot attempts per game over the last five, and we know what he can do. He's seventy points in sixty games. I mean, he's, I, he's overpriced. Like, I mean, again, like I don't think it's. I just think if you're stacking Vancouver, you could definitely, could, you know, you could consider it for sure. Like, if Brock Besser is yeah. getting there, it's probably because Quinn Hughes is feeding him the buck on the power play, and if he gets two yeah. points and hits either bonus, like. You know, you're absolutely cooked. I mean, that you're going to be just at, you know, swimming. Yeah. Well, it does seem like it's, you know, whichever the top two lines doesn't get the Sid line is, is the one I'm interested in. So uh, we'll do some, we'll do some more reconnaissance and, and then check back in the, uh, the Discord. Uh, New Jersey, San Jose, uh, the final game of the night. New Jersey, as you mentioned, are absolutely just flailing. Um, we do we have lines from a practice? I don't. Think we would well, they, they played yesterday and then they flew out to San Jose, so I, I don't believe they did. Um, I mean, they got pretty badly bullied, yeah. They did make some changes, like Paolo was back with Hughes and Defoley by the end of the game, um, but that didn't work. I, I don't know, yeah. I, mean, I, I honestly, play says, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the power plays probably were just where you want to play this through, but I honestly think uh, there's really no point in guessing what they're gonna do because guess what, 
if they struggle for the first period, it's just going to change anyway. So yeah, uh, Jack Hughes, you can one-off him, you can stack him, you can play him with Heischer, you can do literally, you can play six New Jersey Devils. I, I think this game is just has such a large range of outcomes that if ownership seems like they'll be one of the highest owned teams, I'm just going to, I'm just comfortable saying, you know what? They can score six on San Jose and still not get there because Timo Meyer scores a hat trick after getting benched. Like, I mean, there's just so much nonsense that could go on still. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything that you're really keying in on here? You already said it. Timo Meyer revenge game. How, yeah, and he's gonna sucks. like, and they're gonna bench him. But yeah, he's, one, he sucks. Two, he's gonna get benched. Okay, great, we solved it. Now let's figure it out. But uh, he can't get embarrassed in his home, his old home. I mean, unfortunately, trust me, he's been embarrassed plenty this season. Don't don't worry. <laughs> Oh my god! <sighs> I mean, he starts out there with Heishier and Brat, and I'm like, finally, this is the game. I don't know because he, he did not; he was not out there for a single goal against the entire game. I don't know what he did. Like, did he come back to the bench and just twap Lindy Rupp in the balls? Like, <laughs> nothing. He had two shots on goal. He looked dangerous in the first period, and they're just like, no, that's over. Let, we got to lose four to one. We can't be having this garbage. Yeah. I don't understand it. At all, uh, Lindy yeah. Rupp, unfortunately, is just time has passed him. Um, I yep. think though, if you are stacking the Devils, I am once again going to just very sadly put in the seven points of Luke Hughes and then shake my fist when they have six goals and he only has 7.6 fantasy points again. But unfortunately for me, I'm just going to continue to go back to the same well, come up completely dry. This guy hasn't had over 10 fantasy points since the 17th of January. And I just don't care. He absolutely should be hitting way more. And I think people are just going to exclude him because of how bad the run's been when, like you're saying, the range of outcomes are ridiculous in this game. If Tampa, not Tampa, Jesus. If New Jersey just absolutely goes insane on the power play, which is really where the offense is going to have to come from, he is very involved. I don't care. I'm going to do it. And that's that. Have fun. You're on your own, but have fun. Um, San Jose, I, I just... I just am. Re- I have the note that William Eklund is playing out of his mind right now. Um, he he's looks good. awesome yeah, up and down the ice. Uh, his game logs aren't that inspiring, but you know the underlyings are there. Like the, the price is. I mean, he's going to be unowned. And obviously, if you want to play like Phil Zadina with him or, or something, like feel free. But um, yeah, I, I just Eklund is great, and uh, we like Eklund here. So again, New Jersey stinks as well. They're not managed properly. So I, I don't hate getting a little sh- schmeckle of uh, San Jose action. And so let's do guarantee goal or top sex guarantee goals. Get out of here. Okay. Yep. Not even going to mention Zetterland revenge narrative. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Who cares? Perfect. Uh, top stacks guarantee. You, you want to go first tonight? I feel like I've gone first, like the best three podcasts. I, I genuinely have no freaking clue who goes first last whenever. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Tampa. Uh, nothing really has me scared of the Kucherov price tag. Um, you know, and I like the fact that I can literally game stack this up with the Tyson Forster and or Owen Tippett. Uh, so give me Kucherov, Hagel, and Hedman. Okay, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Montreal, uh, Suzuki, Slavkovsky, Caulfield. Um, I mean, if you throw Matheson in there, you throw Matheson in there. I, you know, I get it for sure. Uh, I think you've, you know, again, we're talking like, let's just say for like, a, you know, a third of the ownership of those, the rest of those guys. 
somewhere in that range. He's not deserving of his price, but alas, if they break the slate wide open, he could get there. All right. Um, I like that. Let's do the Vancouver second line. Uh, JT yep. Miller, Brock Besser, and whoever. I, I uh, don't even know who it'll be. Don't really care. Um, you can just play the two-man, which is probably what I'll wind up doing because I don't want to dig into Vancouver depth with so many good options on the slate depth-wise. So uh, these guys are just in an awesome spot. I believe that the uh, you know the Penguins are just in a world of hurt here without their guys. So, yeah, uh, what do you got? I think what I'm going to end up I'm going to end up doing um, is I'm going to this is kind of going to be like a a, a two a, a kind of a two stack combination here of um, I'm going to end up with like the Novak Evangelista maybe McDonough but I might not need it um, can I play mm-hmm. McKinnon and the car I don't think so ah uh, yeah I can't yeah no no. Um, maybe I just end up with, I'll just, for now, I'll just do like Jack Hughes and, and, and Luke Hughes and, and maybe stack in one more guy. Uh, then just again, getting a bit different with how I'm kind of approaching these builds, because you could, I don't think people are going to do it this way. Uh, I'm, I, I'm just going to keep up with that, like a little two and two, and I'm going to kind of debate between the other high price one, but again, Colorado, I mean, not Colorado, Montreal one with like a Novak Evangelista and then one of the others mixed in. I mean, I could even do like Byram and, um, McKinnon or something like that, or just do McKinnon and then kind of stack in like McDonough and, and an upper price defenseman like uh, Matheson. Like there's a lot of different ways to play with it from there. Okay. Uh, so there's stacks. Guarantee goals. Uh, I have my two ready. I, I do want to get out of here. So let's do um, yeah. let's do Matt Boldy and Tom Wilson for me. Uh, Washington has scored their sixth goal of the game with no involvement from Wilson and Ovi. However, if they win, I don't think the lines will change. So, uh, yeah. Hey, Tom Wilson finally gets on the board here on Tuesday night. So give me Tom Wilson and Matt Boldy. I do. I do like that a lot. Um, I'll do, uh, I guess we don't know for sure, but you know what? I'm going to do it regardless. Uh, I'll do Tyson Forrester and I'm going to guess I have quite a bit of cap to spare. You have like 76 left. 76. What's Brady? You have 75 left. Brady's 76. Ah, that'll get you. You're, you're looking at Florida Ryan. guys. Yeah, Reinhardt. Let's do Reinhardt. All right. Easy. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's close this out with 73 minutes uh, into the podcast. So follow us at Morning Skate Pod. I'm at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ Unders Mitchell 94. DJ, anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, no, just follow us on Twitter and whatnot. Um, bets are always there. They're always free for me. I don't charge. And you can always DM me if you have any questions. We're you know, always open to any of that. Always love talking about stuff. We don't have uh, data from the Zamboni. Uh, we don't have the, wait, the Zamboni is a playoff one, right? Uh, we don't yeah. even have the Zamboni yet, but we're going to look into that. That should be coming soon. And we also just don't have data from the best puck regular season yet. But again, that'll come eventually. But definitely happy underdog playoffs to all and uh, excited for more contests to come and more content around that as well. Okay. Uh, Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast and that'll do it. So thank you all for listening from Doug, from DJ, from myself. Have a good day, everybody, and we will see you.